Welcome to Confessing the Faith, a podcast devoted to discussing issues related to Christian doctrine and the Christian life. My name is Mike Tizier, and I'm joined again today by Joe Anity. Hey, Joe. Hey, Mike. How you doing? And we have the pleasure of having John DeVito join us. Hey, John. Hey, Mike. How are you? Uh, John DeVito is, uh, he hails from Owensboro, Kentucky, and that's uh, where his sending church is, which is Heritage Baptist Church. And he is actively involved there in preaching and teaching. And he has been asked to serve as the conference manager for African Pastors Conferences. Um, and I think doing that, you can fill us in more about this, John, but um, he will be managing more than 40 conferences each year, as well as teaching and helping pastors to shepherd churches. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Oh, it's yes. It's great. Thank you. I do appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us here, John. And I think I should probably say a little bit about why we're why we're devoting time to this. Um, I met John at a, a pastor's conference a few months ago, and we got to talking and um, Amaya's Christian Fellowship definitely has a heart to uh, support missionaries, and uh, I think after learning more about you and your heart for missions and your vision for the African Pastors Conference, uh, it just seemed to be a good fit for us. And so, over the past couple of months, we've been looking in upon um, you know that this ministry and the elders of Amaya's decided that this would be a very good fit, and we'd like to support uh, you, John, in in the ministry that you're uh, um, endeavoring to undertake. And so this this little podcast here is really, um, you know, the, the purpose is to introduce you to the people of Emmaus Christian Fellowship so they can learn more about you personally and also about the ministry that you're hoping to uh, serve uh, within. So um, well, yeah, I rejoice kind of is, in that, brother. I rejoice in that. And, and thank you and look forward to, to getting to know your church better and seeing how we can work together uh, in, in, in the work that's so critical there in Africa. Yeah, that's wonderful, man. Could you tell us a bit about yourself, uh, John, uh, where you're living now, wife, kids, uh, Oh yeah. anything you would desire to share? Sure. I've, I've lived in Owensboro, Kentucky now for several years. Uh, I moved here from Louisville. I'm, I'm uh, a graduate from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, moved here not long after I, I finished my studies there and uh, have been a part of Heritage Baptist Church ever since. Uh, I'm married to my wonderful wife, Jennifer. We've been married now over 18 years, and uh, we have four children, Joanna, who's uh, 14, Jubilee, who's uh, 12, almost 13, Joshua, who is 10, and Joy, who's eight. So every couple of years there uh, for for a while, we we uh, you know, obviously love love each other, love being together, and, and Lord willing, uh, you know, want to move to, to South Africa. So that's wonderful. You, you, we have four children ourselves and uh, mm. about the same spread, I think, you know, so our, our households <laughs> probably are very similar in that regard. Yeah. Um, could you share a bit about how you came to Christ? Absolutely. Yes. Well, I was uh, actually raised as a Mormon. Uh, both of my parents were first generation converts into Mormonism. And uh, so they were married in the LDS temple. And so when I was born, I was raised in the church and had a typical active upbringing as a Mormon. So I was baptized at eight, I received the Aaronic priesthood at 12, uh, had my patriarchal blessing, uh, you know, had my temple recommend, was baptized for the dead. Uh, and, and so I, I know that not everything in that may be familiar to people in your church, but 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 that's kind of typically what happens if you're a uh, young man or, or boy in in the LDS faith, um, 
Things started to change for me, though, uh, when I reached high school. Uh, you know, a lot of youth kind of become more interested in the things of the world, and, and I was no exception to that. And so when I reached high school, I had the opportunity to get a job and, and make some money, and, and so I stopped being faithful uh, in my attendance and in my, my thoughts and everything to to the to the church. Uh, and, and, uh, it, it came to the point where I was turning 18. And of course I had a big decision to make because if you're raised in the church, uh, you know, you, the, the strong push or impetus or desire among the church and your family around you is to go on your two-year mission, which is why you generally see all these young men, you know, walking together in pairs, uh, on the streets with the, with the name tags. Uh, but by that point, I just really didn't care about spiritual things. Uh, so I upset my family somewhat and, and just said, you know, I'd rather just go on to college because, of course, it's a college where uh, you you go and hopefully you receive the education you need to to uh, to get a good job and, and you know hopefully meet a girl and, and, and all those kinds of things. So I would say by the time I went to college, I was more of a Mormon agnostic. I didn't deny the faith. I just didn't care about spiritual things. Uh, but it was in college where I met a woman uh, who's now my wife. <laughs> and she was raised Southern Baptist. And um, when we started seeing each other, I quickly saw how devoted she was to her faith. And uh, I said, you know, I haven't cared about spiritual things for a while. But if she's going to care about this religious stuff, then she needs to know the fullness of the gospel. Because, of course, I'd been raised my whole life, the fullness of the gospel has been found in Mormonism. So I went from really being a Mormon uh, agnostic to wanting to be a Mormon apologist, somebody who would defend the Mormon faith. Uh, but I knew in order to do that, I was going to have to research and study what people were saying against Mormonism so I could refute it. Uh, so I could show this girl who I really cared about that that to be you know uh, spiritually in a good place you need to become a Mormon. Um, but th it's there that I started running into problems because as I started studying the history of Mormonism and the the the, the teaching of Mormonism uh, and, and and reading things about it, I really saw real real problems in it. Now a lot more a lot of these problems are known much more publicly today, but we're dealing here. In a time where the internet was not, uh, you know, was kind of in its infancy in many ways, and, and so a lot of this information was not as well known as it is now. Um, but but I was coming across it, and it was it was showing me some real problems in Mormonism. Uh, first of all, and then second of all, my uh, girlfriend at the time was uh, very involved in a campus ministry, and I I started going to the campus ministry just to spend time with her. But still, the word was being taught. Uh, you know, I, w I was hearing what God had revealed in Scripture uh, about the faith. And so you had God bringing together my research on Mormonism to kind of undermine whatever residual faith I had in Mormonism together with uh, the, hearing the true gospel and, and uh, God's word explained to me through the campus ministry. Uh, to the point where uh, I, I came to that 
what you might call that crisis event or, or that I was confronted with with my need for Christ uh, on a, a short-term mission trip in Mexico. The, the campus ministry would go down to Mexico every year uh, to do some kind of construction help and that kind of uh, mission ministry. And uh, while I was down there, one of the campus ministries pulled me aside and just asked where I was out spiritually. And I said, you know, I, I know Mormonism isn't true. Um, but I'm, I'm really struggling to understand this grace thing. I mean, when, when you, when you're raised in a uh, more legalistic religion, uh, grace is hard to understand. You know, you, you have to do something to earn God's favor. I mean, he, he, he just can't forgive you. Um, and yet he just, you know, kept pressing on me. No, no, you know, Christ has done it all. You are not capable of of doing it, you realize your your sin, your need for Christ. It's uh, because of His perfect righteousness, uh, His obedience. That when you uh, trust in Him by faith, when you believe in Him, uh, that's given to you. You're judged in light of His righteousness. You don't, uh, you know, y- your own will will never be achieved. And and uh, but but you can have His. Uh, and, and so I, in God's grace, just realize, you know, um, this this is my hope. This is what I what I need to believe. I, I don't need to chase after religious things. I don't need to try and figure out uh, how I can finally get all these things settled. Christ has done it in my place, and so I came to faith there uh, in in Mexico, actually, uh, on a mission trip. And, and so that that's a little bit more about my my testimony and 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 how I met my wife. That's great. I'm kind of conflicted here because this is supposed to be a podcast, you know, describing uh, your desire to serve with the African Pastors Conference, but um, maybe, maybe <laughs> not the title one. this, you know, something <laughs> having to do with um, Mormonism. But uh, it, sure, that's a wonderful testimony, brother. We appreciate you sharing it with us. So what year did you get married? I'm putting you on the spot here. That's fine. How long have you been married? No, I've been. Uh, my wife and I were married in nineteen July twenty fifth, nineteen ninety seven. As a, as a good husband, you're supposed to remember those things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we started dating. Uh, this would have been uh, December. We actually started dating uh, December twenty fifth, Christmas Day, uh, nineteen ninety four. So we we'd been together a few years. So th- this would have been spring break of ninety six. Uh, oh, you were when this well happened, prepared, brother. That's impressive. <laughs> Make sure your wife listens to this. Right? She'll be. <laughs> Well, where she wasn't impressed uh, is she started asking me what shirt that uh, she wore on our first date. And for uh, several times, I did not remember that. To, <laughs> to, uh, she, she would tend to joke with me about that. So, uh, sweetheart, if you're listening to this, it was a green and blue striped shirt. Um, <laughs> very good. She has high standards, high expectations. <laughs> Uh, very good. Well, would you mind sharing with us a bit about um, this ministry that you hope to yes. be involved with in Africa? Absolutely. Well, African Pastors Conferences uh, was a uh, a ministry that was had begun a number of years ago, and, and really it began uh, as the result of a meeting between Errol Hulse who was a white South African but ministering in Britain, uh, pretty well known, uh, was an elder at Leeds Reformed Baptist Church, uh, helped produce uh, Reformation Today, uh, the, the magazine that comes out of Britain there. So he's, he's been pretty influential in uh, Reformed Baptist circles there in England. And he came together with Irving Steggles, who is a British man but who's pastoring in South Africa, 
in uh, the Johannesburg area at Berksley Baptist Church. So you have these two men coming together, and they, they recognize the challenging situation that the churches were facing in South Africa. Uh, they saw that unequipped pastors, often with an unclear understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, failed to keep a close watch on themselves and on their teaching. And so they, they, they saw this is really a huge need uh, to be addressed in uh, the missions area uh, that, that sometimes the, the focus can be so strongly on, you know, reaching out to those who haven't heard that, uh, that frankly, not enough time can be spent on all of the Great Commission, which not only has, you know, making disciples of all nations, baptizing the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, but teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Yeah. And so they commit to begin conferences with reform teachings and, and books so these pastors and, and other Bible teachers can more faithfully serve Christ churches and reach the lost with his gospel. And, and so it began uh, after uh, Errol had, had seen some of these conferences going on. Uh, they, they expanded upon this work and developed it uh, to where it's become international there in Africa. Uh, as, as was already mentioned, there's over 40 conferences a year throughout several countries in Southern Africa. Uh, and, and so it's, it's become a, uh, a major ministry to the point where, you know, they have needed somebody to full-time help manage these. Uh, Irving Steggles, again, he's pastoring a, a church there in South Africa. Uh, Errol has actually, um, uh, his health is, as he's become older, has become a challenge, and he, he's now there in in uh, back in England. So, so they they have uh, asked men to serve as a conference manager to help uh, to help to to manage and, and, and organize these conferences. And uh, th- there have been two previous conference managers, but but uh, they they the previous uh, the last one obviously um, wound up stepping down and, and they've asked me to come on board and, and help with this ministry. So my, my wife and I flew out there back this past January or, or January, 2015 and, and got to know the ministry better, got to be involved with the conference and, and really saw the critical need that this ministry is, is playing, is playing there in Africa. And, and so that's, that's a little bit more how, how we got involved uh, about the conference itself and um, and you know how well just um, how you know we could expand on this, but a little bit more about the situation of Christianity in Africa and some of the challenges they're facing there. Could you could you describe uh, what one of these conferences looks like to us? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, the conferences uh, are really made up of two aspects or two components that I mentioned. You have the the the, the teaching that goes on there. And then you have essentially a traveling bookstore. Um, and, and the way I like to describe it is, is by kind of you know, asking people to use their imagination. Um, because you know, if you run across, um, say, a, a Bible teaching you haven't heard of before, then the question becomes, how do you think about some Bible teaching you, you, you haven't heard before? Right. Um, obviously, being a good Berean, you want to study in light of Scripture. But let's say they're claiming you Scripture. They're, they're they're teaching this from Scripture. At least they claim it's from Scripture. Um, well, here in the U.S., we have many many ways to deal with this question. 
uh, right? I mean, we have uh, pastors who have studied at seminaries that we can go to, or, or uh, academics and scholars who have studied these issues who, who we can talk to these things about. Uh, we have the internet, which just has you know tons of information we can use for our own research and study. We have uh, well-stocked uh, Christian bookstores we can go to. We can buy books online. There, there's just there, there's a there's a huge support system that we have been blessed with by God in this country. But imagine if that support system largely didn't exist. Uh, you, you you don't have consistent internet, let's say, um, for access, um, almost non-existent. Maybe maybe a little bit on your phone, but very expensive to access. Uh, you, you don't have a lot of uh, seminaries. Very few pastors have gone through any kind of formal theological education. Uh, very rare is it to, to have in, in local seminary uh, leadership and academics uh, around. Um, you know, you you just the, the more you think about the challenges, uh, the the books are rare. Christian bookstores with with you know decent. Uh, commentaries and theology books, extremely rare. And frankly, if they're available, uh, many of them are going to be out of your price range of what you can afford because of how much money you make. And so the, this is this is the situation that many of these African pastors are, are, are finding themselves in. And so we're, we're trying to go into that context in that situation and, and try to bring some some training, some equipping so that these men can uh, as scripture says, rightly handle the word of truth. And, and so you have the, the teaching that goes on uh, where we have uh, uh, generally two speakers, and, and the, the main primary speaker is going to be a uh, black African. We, we want to, to, as much as possible, have indigenous theological training from those and biblical training from those who are qualified and competent and able to do so. But then the second teaching, the second teacher would be uh, the conference manager, myself, or, or, or somebody else to help assist with it. And so you have this, this teaching that goes on on a conference that lasts from one to three days. Uh, so let's say you have four to five sessions a day uh, from one to three days. So you, you have anywhere generally from, let's say, you know, uh, five to 15 uh, sessions of, of teaching built on some kind of theme. And the, the theme we're talking about is, is not some high level theme. I mean, it's, it's preaching Christ crucified. What is the gospel? Uh, when when you're – my understanding, when you're releasing this podcast, I'll actually be in South Africa on the January conference run. Yeah. And the theme for for the conferences that I'm going to be helping to, to, to speak and teach at is uh, Christ building his church in Africa today. And my first message is simply, what is the church? <laughs> so this is the level we're talking about here uh, of, of need for biblical – help and, and, and literacy so that they can hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, as Titus 1 says. So, so you have the teaching that goes on, but then you also have the uh, bookstore. Uh, again, many of these men uh, don't have access to commentaries and, and, and helpful theology books. Uh, and so we, we come and bring them with us, and, and so that their training and their education can continue uh, you know, once, once we've uh, finished our conference, at least until the next time we, we come. And, and so we have these books available, and, and we have relationships with a lot of good publishers like um, uh, 
Banner of Truth and Evangelical Press and Reformation Heritage Books and others so that we can actually get these books down there at costs that these pastors can afford. Uh, so, so, you know, where an average you know, book or commentary might cost $20, $30, $40 here in the States, you know, it, it's something much more manageable there, whether they're in Zimbabwe or, or, or Zambia or South Africa. So, so it's, it's really kind of that twofold view of helping through uh, solid biblical teaching and helping through uh, providing them with materials that uh, they can continue to, to read and learn and, and uh, grow in, in grace and in their ability to shepherd effectively the flock. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think that's what drew me to, to this ministry and, and, and uh, to you, John, is to see your heart for missions, but uh, just your emphasis upon strengthening the local church, I, I think, is, is so huge, um, you know, and, and I, um, I really appreciate that about uh, the African Pastors Conference and, and your heart as well. So Yes, you know, I, I really think, like I said, I, I don't want to be too negative towards uh, the missions world. I mean, I, Lord willing, I'll be a missionary. I, I've met right. many, many wonderful missionaries. Um. But I, I, I think an area where missions today struggles is that there is not a focus on the centrality of the local church. And so you have people out there that may be doing evangelism, but without connecting it to, say, church planting or, or connecting to local churches. You, you, have a local, you have churches that may be planted, but there is not the efforts necessary to make sure that they are led by you know, men who are qualified in light of what God has revealed in Scripture to lead these churches. Uh, you have just a, a – and, and I think some of this tension comes because there is such division in matters of uh, ecclesiology or, or, you know, how we understand uh, church in light of Scripture because when you, when you have evangelical missionaries working together, they may not agree with what the local churches or how it's to relate, you know, uh, denominationally or, right. or otherwise. And so there's just, I, I think there winds up being a minimalistic approach to missions and a, a, a zeal to further the gospel, which is wonderful. Uh, and yet in the process, I, I think that, that there's some negative consequences that have unfortunately arisen. How do you see, um, a church like Emmaus Christian Fellowship here in Hemet, California, you know, being involved with the African Pastors Conference, you know, I mean, our hope is to support you financially, um, mm -hmm. of course, but what, what are th some things that come to mind when I ask how else can we, um, you know, be directly yes. involved with the ministry? That's a great question, brother, and it warms my heart to hear you ask it. Uh, I would say first uh, is prayer. And and I know in saying that, if you, <laughs> if you've ever talked to a missionary, of course they're going to say pray. Um, but I feel the need for this. You know, the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the church at Rome, uh, at the end of his letter, he said, I, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. And I think that's fascinating. Because here you have Paul, who, of course, was an apostle, but but a missionary as well. And he is saying that by prayer, that this church is striving together with him. Uh, and, and so I think the main way 
uh, churches and individuals get involved with missions is through prayer. And in doing so, it's not just, well, I'm praying. It's they, they wind up striving together with us in, in, in the ministry. So uh, prayer is critical. Uh, you know, we have obviously prayer cards available that can be posted on refrigerators or wherever to help remind people to pray. Uh, we have uh, monthly email updates that anybody can sign up for uh, to get, you know, regular updates to help fuel those prayers. I just, I, I, I want to ma- maximize and not minimize the value of prayer among the people. I, I think sometimes people come away like, yeah, yeah, I know we can pray, but what else can we do? And it's like, well, actually, that's the most important thing you can do. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. If that's all you do, praise God, you know? Um, but, but, uh, so I'd say the main, the main thing is prayer, but, but there are other, other, obviously other needs involved in the ministry. Um, these conferences are not um, self-funding. Again, many of these pastors are rather poor. Um, they cannot, uh, you know, they could not pay a registration fee high enough to to offset all of the expenses. Uh, and so, you know, there there are financial needs in terms of um, supporting a specific conference. But let's say you you know, there, there's basically like an adopt a conference. That, that, that some churches decide to do where they say, you know, we're going to really say we want to help with this one conference, making sure that the costs are met or something like that. Uh, so you have those kinds of tools. Then there's also more, even more basic and practical. Like I said, um, we, um, we have wonderful relationships with a number of publishers to get books there at an affordable cost, but there is still cost there. Uh, you know, there's the cost of the, the printing of the books, the expense of the books themselves. There's the cost of transporting them to Africa. Um, and so we have churches that can um, uh, pay for, say, uh, books and, and and pay for the the delivery of them over to the point where we can give them away. We, we've given away books. Uh, there was a church, uh, that bought, I forget how many copies of, uh, I, th- I think it was some kind of ESV, maybe it's the ESV global study Bible or some kind of Bible. And, uh, they, they sent enough over to have, uh, everybody that went to a certain conference, uh, a free copy. Mm-hmm. And so we, we do try to give out free books and free materials as, as possible. And, and, and some of the publishers give us books where we can do so as well. Uh, so, so there, there's a lot of different ways that, uh, that there can be help. I mean, there, there are, uh, practical needs that can come up, of course, while a missionary's in the field. Now I, I haven't actually, my family hasn't moved to South Africa yet. Uh, we're, as you know, we're still here in Owensboro, Kentucky, but if the Lord blesses and we move to South Africa, there could be more practical ways that a church could potentially uh, help with, with say, you know, uh, uh, needs that come up um, or, or uh, you know, certain supplies. I know that our church actually with some of the other missionaries that we're involved with and have sent out has done, you know, even small things like um, – send gifts for Christmas, uh, to family members or things, you know, there's, there's lots of different ways you can connect and, and help out with, with, uh, ministry. And I, I, I'm sure if I had more time, I could, I could come up with a lot more brother, but there's a few just off the top of my head. Well, that's good. And that is my hope that the people of Emmaus would get personally involved with the ministry here. Um, that's our desire. We, uh, from the beginning or or shortly after we started the church began to support heart cry missionary society. Mm -hmm. I love the work that they do. 
it's such a big organization. You know, we, we, we send money, we do a push prayer updates towards our people and we make a point of mentioning them from time to time. But uh, I think one of the benefits of supporting a family uh, like your, mm-hmm. yours is that it brings us uh, more of a, in, into more of a personal connection with the missions work that is going on. And so um, that would be my exhortation to the people of Emmaus that you would, uh, you know, indeed um, sign up for the newsletters and, and pray very specifically for the DeVito family and for African pastors conference. Um, would you share with me, uh, with us a bit, John, uh, what your particular needs are um, mm. as you are still trying to get to, to South Africa? It, it hasn't happened yet and it's really not a done deal, is it? I mean, you, you have right. some, challenges to overcome uh, that we're yes. talking about right now. So, Well, yeah, The um, without going into too many details, um, as I've said, th- th- this, you know, sometimes when you have a missionary, their ministry doesn't begin until they get in the field, right? I mean, if, if you're going to send out somebody as a church planter, they're not going to start working towards a church plant until they raise the support they need and, and get into the field. But, but I'm in a situation where the ministry is already uh, existing. It's already operating. And the previous conference manager actually, um, again, resigned from the position uh, earlier th- this past fall. So the ministry is now operating these conferences without having a conference manager there in South Africa, which is creating quite a bit of hardship there. And uh, our original hope was to minimize that downtime and actually uh, be in the field before the end of 2015. Now, in God's providence, that obviously didn't happen. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons why I am going going there uh, in, in January, again, when, when I assume uh, most people will be able to listen to this. Um, but but uh, uh, in, in light of that, that, that desire to get to the field quickly, uh, I, I had to resign my uh, employment position uh, to give enough notice to, to, to make those preparations. And, and so one of my biggest challenges right now is to figure out um, how to continue raising the support uh, that we need and um, provide for my family. And, and and I'm still, you know, frankly, trying to resolve that question. Um, but we have that going on, combining the, that with the, the hardship that the longer it's taking us uh, to get in the field, uh, the, the longer African Pastors Conferences is trying to operate without having somebody there to, to help manage these conferences. So, you know, I, I've, I've, out of conviction, do not ever want to be the kind of missionary who's sending out prayer updates that, that you know, uh, chicken little, the sky is falling. You know, if, if people don't give this minute, you know, everything's going to fall apart. And uh, we, we have too big of a God for that. He's in control. He's sovereign. Um, I, I, I'm trusting in, in all of these developments as aspects of his providence. Um, but at the same time, I, I, it is a matter for prayer. Uh, it, it's, it's where we're trying to continue, uh, it, with this key ministry in South Africa in light of the, the developments. And in addition to this, another, uh, challenge that we faced here recently was that there was a major donor in Africa who, due to some uh, changing views, decided to uh, pull his support uh, from the ministry, and uh, that that has created specific hardship for them financially, and as well some of the uh, for for my family in terms of some of the commitments that he had made uh, previously to the conference manager position. 
So, so we're, we're, you know, there's, there's uh, some hardships that have come in and, and uh, so we're, again, we're, we're not seeking to lose hope or we, there've been many signs of encouragement, but there are challenges that, that we're working through. And we really appreciate prayers for wisdom through this uh, over the next few months as we try to work through, you know, matters of uh, how to continue African pastors conferences going uh, while I'm not able to serve there as conference manager, um, what what this looks like for me in terms of my employment situation and providing for my family, and uh, what you know how, how how all of this comes together, we're we're trusting the Lord for it, but we need we need His guidance and wisdom through this through this time. Yeah. Well, one thing I would like to do is to encourage people to go to AfricanPastors.missionsplace.com. Uh, that's the website you've set up, John, right, for um, for disseminating all this information. And, and uh, there's a wealth of information here. Um, there's a bit of a bio on you. There's a page devoted to um, detailing the need. Uh, there's a page also where people can subscribe for prayer updates uh, and also a place for people to donate if they so choose. And so I would encourage people to go there, AfricanPastors.MissionsPlace.com. We'll go ahead and put that in the show notes as well. Um, yeah. all those links and uh, yeah and uh so you know Emmaus Christian Fellowship ha- has decided to get behind you John um but I would also like to exhort people that if the Lord would so lead them to uh come come along and support you as individuals that also would be a wonderful thing well thank you again for for having me it's been a pleasure getting to know you over the past several months and uh, I I would love the opportunity if if the Lord allows to to get to meet many from your church and to for my family to get to know you and for you to get to know us better. But most of all, I I, I praise God for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Obviously, it's it's His glory that we're seeking. Uh, it's His kingdom that that we're seeking to to be involved with the, the growth of through our faithfulness and our service out of gratitude for uh, Christ as our Savior and the redemption he's given. And, and so I, I rejoice, brother, in the opportunity to to work together with you and, and to strive together for the furtherance of the gospel and, and God's word and his truth and, and, and for the advancement of local churches will be faithful to his word and continue spreading the gospel there throughout Africa. Amen, brother. Yeah. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, John, thank you so much for your time. And we look forward to hearing more from you and um, our church, you know, getting to know you more. And um, so, yeah, thanks again. Thank you, guys. Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, that's it This for this time. And we'll see you next time on Confessing the Faith.